Welcome back, friends. James Corbett here, CorbettReport.com, with this week's edition of Propaganda Watch. And this week on The Deep Program, I want to pick up on a thought that I broached yesterday in Questions for Corbett about how Japan is reacting to this crisis, namely the observation that this crisis that we are being steeped in right now is fundamentally a question of perception management. Now, to some extent, perception management is a term that itself could be a synonym for propaganda. Uh, that is what all propaganda aims at, is to manage the perception of a topic in the minds of the public. But I really want to double underline, bold, 80-point font, put several exclamation marks around this term, perception management, because that is the base of the propaganda that we're seeing spewing out right now regarding the ongoing crisis. And in order to demonstrate that, I just want to put you back in your mindset of just a few weeks ago when you had heard precisely 0% of the population ever having heard of, let alone actively using, the epidemiological terminology that we've all been exposed to lately, like flattening the curve and social distancing, go back to that mindset where literally no one you've ever heard, known has, has heard of or, or thought about this issue or, or used those terms. And then fast forward just a week or two after that point to a scene like this playing out in Brooklyn. Now, at first glance, you might be tempted to say, okay, well, so what? People have been hearing about flattening the curve and social distancing because this is part of this pandemic crisis that we're dealing with, and they're trying to encourage other people to go home. But no, wait, don't just dismiss this. Think about what just happened. You, wherever you are, have just watched a video about some guy in Brooklyn screaming about flatten the curve, go home. How did that video come to you? How did... How did you get that video? I don't mean how does the internet work, but I, I mean it in this sense. I'm a guy here sitting in Japan where, as I showed you yesterday, there is not this sense of crisis, although it looks like the Olympics will be postponed. <gasps> but here I am sitting where thousands of miles away, and yet I have seen this video and brought it to you. Why? How did that happen? Well, I'll tell you specifically how that happened. I was reading a Reuters report about what was happening in the U.S. This must have been over a week ago at this point, probably probably 10 days ago. I was reading some Reuters report about the way America is responding to the crisis. And in that Reuters report, it had a paragraph about, and a man in Brooklyn was heard screaming, flattening the curve out of his window and telling people to go home. And I the thought immediately stuck out to me, because perhaps I process this information differently than other people, but I, th I thought, how many times in your life would you think, you know, the respectable news agency Reuters reporting international news of pressing concern is writing about what some guy in Brooklyn was screaming out of his window? Why? What? How is that news? How is that story news that needs to be reported to the public? The answer is quite obvious. It's because the media is trying to model the behavior that goes around and shapes your perception of these terms. It's not just... there. In fact, it's an assault from every level on every 
every side right now, it's coordinated and it is happening. And you have to you have to consciously realize it's happening. Don't just passively accept it as of course this is what's happening. Um, you watch the press conferences, the if not the White House ones, maybe the, the Bill de Blasio or, or Governor Cuomo sitting there sternly lecturing the public, the public health official wherever you are in whatever part of the globe you're inhabiting, the public health official sternly telling you, you know, we have to practice, practice social distancing, social distancing, social distancing, flattening the curve. We have to flatten the curve. You see, here's the curve as it would apply if everyone got sick all at once. And here's how we flatten the curve if we have social distancing. And these these terms hammered into you over and over and over from these stern-looking officials lecturing the public about what to do. And these officials, if you actually watch these press conferences, they really are talking to you like children. And I say that with professional experience because, as you may or may not know, I used to be an English teacher literally teaching elementary and junior high school children. And I can tell you that is how most teachers talk to their children. Talking down to them, making sure that they understand, okay, this is flatten the curve, and this is what it is, and this is what it looks like, and this is how you use it. Flatten the curve, flatten the curve, and just repeat it over and over to drill it into the children's heads. This is exactly how the health authorities are lecturing the public right now, then, okay, let's say that manif spontaneously manifests in some guy yelling out his window, go home, flatten the curve, which gets recorded, put up on Twitter, then reported as, news, as, as a news event in media all around the world, including in Reuters. I couldn't find that Reuters story again after having read it over a week ago, but I did find this on uh, NBC New York. New Yorkers do their part to help flatten the curve by yelling out their windows. Again, they have made a literal news story out of this single isolated event of someone yelling out their window. If I go out and yell out my window, 9-11 was an inside job! Do you think that is going to be reported internationally as a major news story? Of course not! At the very best, it's, you know, some crazy guy was calling us and everyone called the cops, you know, yay. Something like that. But of course not. It is because the media is trying to model, specifically showing you how you are supposed to use this terminology, what it is for, and ultimately what this is for, revolves around another term that is being quietly embedded in the public consciousness. Quarantine shaming. U.S. navigates radical new social norms by Jillian Flaccus for the Associated Press, March 19th, 2020. The chairman of Arizona's Asian Chamber of Commerce didn't see much downside to attending a small dinner at a local restaurant to bolster the business and bring together other leaders to discuss how to help Asian American eateries devastated by the coronavirus. That was, at least, until he posted about it on Instagram. The feedback was swift from people who were appalled that Ryan Winkle would promote a gathering, even a small one, as COVID-19 raged and entire cities were urged to self-isolate. I started getting some messages saying, hey, why are you trying to spread the virus? I was like, it's a small event and everyone had washed their hands and they had sanitizer on the tables, Winkle said of the dinner held Saturday in Mesa, Arizona. Uh, my thinking is always about the economics. Imagine when all these businesses shut down. That's a whole different problem. Quarantine shaming, calling out those not abiding by social distancing rules, is part of a new and startling reality for Americans who must navigate a world of rapidly evolving social norms in the age of COVID-19. As schools close and shelter-in-place orders sweep across the U.S., the divide between those who are stringently practicing self-isolation and those who are still trying to go about some semblance of a normal life has never been more clear.
complicating matters, what was socially acceptable even 48 hours ago may now be taboo, as government officials race to contain the virus with ever-expanding circles of social isolation. The time matrix seems to be shifting. I've never known several days to go by so slowly and watching the collective conscience move more and more in one direction day by day, said Paula Flasker, who lost her bartending job when California's Mammoth Mountain Ski Resort closed this weekend. As you may have noticed, there are not just words and phrases. This isn't just air coming out of people's mouth holes. These are entire cultural perceptions that bring with them uh, cultural, uh, social norms that you have to abide by or you will be shamed. And of course, shaming, oh, okay, well, whatever, sticks and stones. No, 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 this is going to have real consequences on your life going forward. This is just the indoctrination phase of this type of rhetoric. At first, they just start lecturing you about, oh, you have to abide by proper social distancing. Good citizens will abide by these rules that we're putting into place right now. And, you know, it's, it's all voluntary. You can do whatever you want, but you should stay home and you should flatten the curve and you should do social distancing. And they're explaining to you exactly what this means and how to do it properly. And then the media is taking that and modeling it for you by making international news stories out of, out of people yelling out their windows or people trying to shame a, a member of the Chamber of Commerce for having a meal. Or showing you, again, what this means and what the social consequences are going to be if you don't follow these because they're steeping you in gradually and leading you along, again, exactly as you would teach children about a new concept. And where is this ultimately leading? Of course, it's always been about the uh, Governor Cuomo saying, look, we're not joking around. It's voluntary right now, but if you guys don't act properly, we're going to have to come in. It's getting the public on board with the idea, getting everyone shaming each other so that there's this social enforcement that's coming from the lower levels so that when they bring in the police and or the National Guard, and or the Army, and whatever else, then we had to do it. We gave people freedom, and they abused it. They didn't do what we said in the way we told them to. This is part of an indoctrination process that's going on right now, which might have sounded crazy, say, 12 hours ago, <laughs> until you get stories like this one from Canada, where, of course, the exact same social distancing uh, propaganda has been spewed in the public faces for a couple of weeks. And now, what is the inevitable result of this? Latest from the Globe and Mail. Federal local governments consider fines prison to enforce social distancing. The federal government will use tough enforcement measures, which include the threat of prison and massive fines if Canadians don't take self-isolation and self-distancing seriously, Federal Health Minister Patty Hajdu says. We will use every measure in our toolbox at the federal level to ensure compliance, she told a news conference on Sunday. For me, should we see a reluctance on behalf of the country to pull together, that would be a time when we would require additional measures. And as always, this is how liberty dies, with thunderous applause. Yay! Flatten the curve! Social distancing! Woo! Get those quarantine evaders! This is how it's going to go, because you are being indoctrinated into the belief that this social distancing is somehow enforceable, let alone enforcement worthy. Um, this, this is a process, and it is 
playing out right now. And it is surrounding these terms which are being injected into the public mind right now, full scale, full force. I often deal with subjects in Propaganda Watch where there's the degree of detachment and we can see the propaganda. And it's often once you take a step back and look at it, it's quite obvious. But in this case, I know a lot of people in this audience even will still think, oh, this is perfectly, yeah, of course. I mean, it's a pandemic situation. So of course people are going to be interested in this. And, and yeah, they should be enforcing this. But I want you to fully recognize the fact that you are being steeped into this. They are showing you exactly how you are supposed to act and uh, react around these issues uh, so that when the enforcement happens, most of the enforcement will happen at the lowest level of the power pyramid. It will be people enforcing it on each other. It'll be the crabs pulling the other crabs back into the bucket because you were breaking the rules that the teacher told, I mean the governor, I mean God, whatever told us from on high. Um, this of course is just under the broader umbrella of what's happening right now, which is the new normal. You may have noticed that they are promoting a new normal right now, and this is one aspect of it. Quarantine, shaming, social distancing, flattening the curve is introducing us to the lexicon of the new normal. And then, of course, there are actions and reactions that are associated with that, that if you want to be a good citizen and not shamed, let alone find or thrown in prison, then you better abide by these new rules. And this is something that's been picked up on, obviously, by other researchers. I'll throw a link in the show notes to a very good and thorough new video from Derek Bros of the Conscious Resistance about the new normal. I'll throw a link into a uh, uh, off-Guardian article that went up recently where they were talking about the new normal appearing three times in three separate op-eds in one single day in The Guardian. They had three separate op-eds all about the new normal. And uh, I will, of course, refer people to this MIT Technology Review article that you may have seen by now. We're not going back to normal. Social distancing is here to stay for much more than a few weeks. It will upend our way of life in some ways, forever. To stop coronavirus, we will need to radically change almost everything we do. How we work, exercise, socialize, shop, manage our health, educate our kids, take care of family members. We all want things to go back to normal quickly. But what most of us have probably not yet realized, yet will soon, is that things won't go back to normal after a few weeks or even a few months. Some things never will. And then it goes on to explain about flattening the curve and social distancing and these new normal rules that you're all going to have to follow and uh, that this will never, ever go away. Because as I observed, for example, in Medical Martial Law 2020, once these new ideas and new rules and new, new uh, abrogations of what we used to think of as liberty are upended and taken back, clawed uh, back. They will never be taken away from the, the authoritarians. This will never, the genie never goes back in the lamp. The toothpaste never goes back in the tube. Once it's out, it's out. And they are squeezing it out with all their might right now. And the public is going along with it. I also want you to reflect on the fact today, just how creepy it is. Just detach yourself from a moment for a moment from the, the pandemic and everything that's going on. If I had said, say, at the start of this year, way back in the pre-coronavirus era, say, say in October of 2019, if I had said to you, you know, the big propaganda buzzword and the 
the, that will have an entire movement associated with it and all these actions and new cultural norms will come into place for 2020. I predict it's going to be uh, social distancing. And how would you have interpreted that phrase in that, in that previous mindset? It would have been absolutely creepy to think that in this age where obviously everyone is buried in their little slave device all the time, social distancing is in some extent the definition of the age that we find ourselves in, social distance. And now it's being physically manifested in reality that you cannot actually have face-to-face -face interactions with other human beings. That's, that's icky. And if you do that, we're going to shame you for it. There's a coordinated effort by the World Health Organization and others to change the term to social distance themselves from the term social distancing and to call it physical distancing instead because they do not want to send the message that we are distancing ourselves from our social relationships because we are hashtag alone together. And as Trevor Noah on The Daily Show said, and this is a theme I'm hearing everywhere, distant socially but connect digitally. So the physical distancing is a playoff on that. We aren't really separated because we are all part of the Borg and we're all assimilated into this digital network that's being pushed and they want us to get used to that. Just think about this because I tell you, there isn't going to be a time after this pandemic crisis subsides, but these ideas that are being implanted in the public consciousness will continue on and will continue to be enforced, not necessarily at the point of a gun, but by all the people around you who are taking this propaganda at face value. So lots of, lots of different things to reflect on today. And I want to make them conscious because again, Think of how a story about a man yelling out his window becomes international news that someone in Japan picks up on. Oh, how? Why? It is because this is being done for a very specific purpose to model specific behaviors for you. And even if you agree with everything that's being said, and even if you, you think that this is all for noble causes and everyone's doing it on the up and up and it's all just about trying to save lives, that's all this is about... Even if that is the case, it should at least give you pause for thought just how easily and quickly entire, not just ideas, but, but social norms can be embedded in the public consciousness in this age of 24-7 online instantaneous communication and media. It's, it's powerful to watch. It is fascinating, and I don't take delight in it, but it really is the most crystal clear instantiation of everything I've been talking about in, on Propaganda Watch for the past year and a half and on the Corporate Report for the past 13 years. It is happening right now, and it is it is stunning to watch. So, that being said, I literally could do a Propaganda Watch episode every single day of the week uh, here on out and still not cover one-tenth of the propaganda that I'm seeing uh, all the time. Uh, it's it's absolutely insane what's happening right now, but I will do my level best to do what I can, and uh, maybe it won't be every single day. But uh, I hope you'll be along for the ride with me, and uh, please, in the show notes, in the comments, 
I, I don't know if people have been watching the CorbettReport.com comment section, but it truly is an amazing community. Literally people from all around the world. We're getting people checking in from Denmark, from India, from Spain, from Brazil, from France, all over the world, all sharing their own perspective and what's going on in their own backyards. And it's some incredible stuff. So I would very much be interested to hear from other people or in different parts of the globe, especially people in non-English speaking countries, the way that social distancing is being introduced into your backyard. Backyard. What what does this look like or sound like to you in your own native tongue? And how are people reacting to it? How have you seen the crabs pulling the cra other crabs back into the bucket? I think it is important to, again, make this all explicit and on the record and see it for what it is. Because if we just accept stories like this that get put into our heads, we just, we think of it as normal. We normalize it. Anyway, uh, that's going to do it for today. Again, I have so much to say about so many aspects of what's going on. But as always, the links to the things that I've been talking about will be in the show notes. And I hope you will take advantage of those and start uh, consciously making this, this subject uh, something that you're looking at as it's happening. That's going to do it for today. I'm looking forward to talking to you again in the very near future. James Corbett, CorbettReport.com.